Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fault, the editor of the Toolkit. One of the movies I'm really excited for people to see this fall is American Honey. It's the fourth feature from director Andrea Arnold, and with this film, Andrea clearly establishes herself as one of the best filmmakers we have working today. A few years ago, she was inspired by a New York Times article she read about mag crews. These are groups of kids, largely from poor, small American towns, runaways, who join these crews and travel town to town, road tripping across the country, uh, selling magazine subscriptions. There was something about this world that really captured Andrea and inspired her to make her first film here in the States. So she came over, spent months road tripping, uh, researching, going to small towns, embedding herself with real-life mag crews, and searching for her cast, which is largely um, first-time non-professional actors, uh, anchored by newcomer Sasha Lane, and then the one real Hollywood star in the film, Shia LaBeouf. You know, in this uh, poetic realism movement that we have going on both in the international world and here in the American Indies, uh, these handheld films, non-professional actors, improvisation, you know, Andrea has really set herself apart Uh, making cohesive, fully formed films. And so I'm really excited to talk to her about her process and how she made American Honey. So I hope you enjoy. You know, I was was doing research for this interview. Uh, I went back and I saw you were um, the first filmmaker in residence up at Lincoln Center three years ago. That's right, three years ago, yeah. And they they asked you, you know, what you were going to be working on at the time. And I found this, I found this quote. And this is, I guess you were working on American Honey, this is three falls ago. I've been thinking that rather than sitting in a room writing alone, which is very hard work, that I might do something different. I would like to find the character first and start talking to them and base my projects on the people I find. It would be sort of a documentary. I, like, I think I would, it would suit me better. It's hard being alone in your head for a long time, and I've been doing that. This is three years ago. I, <laughs> you were coming, you know, with the, the residency you've got, you know, time. It's basically they support you to work on your projects. How, how I didn't do so much work on my project, really, when I was there. <laughs> but that, where your head was in terms of working on American Honey three years ago, how much were you able to follow through with that process? Yeah, it's interesting you read me that quote. I don't, I don't really remember saying that, but I do remember feeling that, and I feel that every time I write. I feel like it's a hard thing to be by yourself, and I've, I've been... I've been wanting for ages to, um, in fact, I think on the next project I'm going to do, I might even cast before I start writing so that I have people, uh, you know, I'll know roughly what I want to do and who the characters will be, so I'll have the story, but then I think I might actually cast before I start writing properly. Um, on, on American Honey, I didn't do quite that. I wrote and travelled. A, a little bit I did that. I, I had a script... That I was that I started working on. Then I would travel around America, like learn more, mm-hmm. um, and we started casting and all those things that I learned. I would then start putting into the script. So, um, so in a way, I did do that, but not quite as far as I think I might do on the next one. I might even go even further on the next one. Is the idea that you have the story? I, I read about the New York Times piece, and that kind of gave you a sense of the, the these uh, kids that are selling magazines, um, and. Is it that you had like a structure and an idea and that part of this is finding people that can become the characters? Is, is that the discovery of the script? Is, is casting is attached to character or...? Um, yeah, because I guess I'm trying to... I mean, I, I'm very inspired by re- real, the real world and people, you know, people often ask me, am I inspired by films? But actually, I mean, I love lots of films, but I'm, when I'm doing my own projects, I'm really inspired by... Um, 
real people, real places, um, and those are the things that that kind of I build from. So, so um, they all it all feeds into each other. You know, the I start writing, I have a sort of idea about something, and then I go out, and then I see or meet someone, or see see a place, and then I kind of feed that back in. It's just a kind of cycle of. Um, that, I mean, and, and it's getting more like that actually each time. I think in the first films I did, I probably did write the script, then we go out and find exactly what I'd written. Mm -hmm. And this, and, and this uh, as I go along, I seem to be um, using more from the real world in, in my writing. Well, your films have this wonderful sense of spontaneity. Is part of this, and I, I, I know how you film things, is part of this trying to build some of that into the writing process so it's a little less sitting there with software trying to come up with a story and building a little bit of that spontaneity into the script process. Yeah, and also there's nothing, you know, you, you, you find out all kinds of amazing things when you're um, going about your, you know, going about your life. And I, there are things in the script that I, you know, I met a man in, um, in a bar in Austin that had a bucket of squirrels that he came and, you know, brought out to show me little baby squirrels that he'd found the fallen from a tree. And he had a, he had a flying squirrel that lived in his shirt. Um, and, you know, I gave a flying squirrel to one of the characters in the mag crew. Mm -hmm. So, and I never, I never could have imagined that somebody would have a flying squirrel in their shirt. <laughs> you can't so, make that up whilst it, yeah, 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 so, you know, you find these beautiful mm -hmm. things uh, that you almost, you just can't make up. So I feel like it's, it, they're all gifts. So I, you know, I want to use them. And one thing I love about your films is there is this freedom, there is this looseness, there is this spontaneity about them. I think the word that people use is kind of poetic realism. But I think what separates your films so much from other people that are also reaching for that is underneath them, you have this looseness, but underneath it, there is a real structured story that has real emotional beats. And as I was reading through kind of the background of you making this film, it started to dawn on me that creating that Andrea Arnold poetic realism and that looseness is a tremendous amount of work beforehand. Thank you for recognizing uh, that. And the story underneath, because I, I know your, feel, your films have a sense of being improv, but the story and the structure is so tight and the emotional beats are so strong that you're able to achieve something that I think a lot of other filmmakers that are kind of working with non-professional actors and kind of keeping this loose handheldness don't necessarily have. They're kind of finding it. My sense with your stories and your world is that it's taking you a while to build that foundation and then the act of filming is to try and capture some realness and some spontaneity, but it's built, under, it's built on a real foundation, is that? I think that's really true and thank you for recognizing it because I do work really hard on, on um, the writing and um, my intentions at the very, you know, all the way through. And, and, um, and, and, and sometimes people say, oh, do you improvise? And yes, I do a bit, but actually, no, I don't really. Um, I mean, some of the, American Honey is slightly different because we had such a big cast of non-actors and, and uh, I found them all, I just thought they were all beautiful and I didn't want, you know, they were not so much written into the story that I'd written. But when, when we were there and I had them in front of me, I wanted their faces to be seen. And so, we did lots more. I mean, some of the scenes on the bus are improvised, and the music and the kind of hanging out as a group. Yeah, that's that was you know genuinely how they were, mm -hmm. and uh, so you know I incorporated that. I wanted to because I I 
fell in love with them all and I wanted their faces to be seen. So, so, um, but what's, so that process, what's that process working with a non-professional actor and you've got, for the, the big dramatic scenes, you've got dialogue. What was that process of, of making it feel not scripted? Because you're not just, let, I mean obviously when they're partying or they're listening to music, you're letting them improv, but for some of these other scenes that are, that there are, is, is dialogue, was, what was that process of that mix of, you know, it's largely unprofessional, but you also have a couple big Hollywood stars yeah. in there. So what is that on a day-to-day -day basis that you're, you're able to keep that fresh, but it is scripted? I mean, every scene is different. It depends who's in it. And like, if we were, there was a scene on the bus at the beginning that was very scripted about how we introduced everyone. They introduced themselves to Star, and they all said a little bit about who they were, or they introduced each other. And there was quite a sort of fairly tightly scripted scene. It was one of the uh, first things we did, and we had uh, quite a lot of unknown, you know, people who've never acted before. So, uh, and we were on a bus, which was really hard to film on. Um, and very little room for me to be right next to them. So it was actually really hard work doing that. And it wasn't quite working. So um, so we we kind of did the script a few times, but it didn't feel quite right. And then and then uh, and then I got them to do it in their own way. Um, tried that a few times. And so that was completely improvised, and some of them would then go a bit quiet and others would come forward, and so that you didn't get everybody. And actually, when we came to editing that scene, uh, it was pretty tricky getting the balance right because we had, t we had takes that were completely improvised and very free, and then, then we had some more scripted takes. And actually, the interesting thing is, is that the edit we ended up with is a mix of the both. Oh, okay. It has a mix of uh, the script and the, and the uh, improvised scene. So, um, and I, and I think it feels reasonably natural, uh, but I think if I'd done one thing or the other, if I'd kept it as a script, it wouldn't have felt very natural. And if I'd just done the improvise, improvising, I wouldn't have ended up with all the information. So I mixed the two um, in the edit, and, it, and I think it just, you know, works. I had heard from um, a couple of the cast members from interviews out of Cannes that, uh, that they were getting pages the night before, yeah. and that there was also this element of they didn't know where they were going from city to city, be like, okay, pack your bags, time, we're, we're headed off to the next place. And there was an element of, I, I, I don't know if method's the right way, but they're kind of, they don't know where this adventure is going, and so they're kind of like the kids in the movie, yeah. where it's like, there's two people leading them, and it's like off to the next city. Was, it was that part of it too? Was yeah, I mean, I kept, I kept from them where we were going. I wanted every place to be like a fresh. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to try and capture their reactions to where we, because a lot of them hadn't, Traveled much of America, so you know I was very intrigued by what they what they would make of certain places, and and I knew that if I so for example when we uh, go around that very uh, fancy estate in Kansas, um, you know I know that a lot of them had not seen anywhere like that, and I was very I would I wanted to know what how they would view that and what they would say, so I didn't want to let them know they were going there, so it would be very fresh to them and that they would have um, some you know fresh thoughts on when we arrived. So. But they were always trying to guess. It became like a real game of them trying to guess where we were going. And um, uh, we, we, we'd try and spin, you know, we'd say other places to try and confuse them <laughs> so that they wouldn't guess where we were going. But it became like a big game of them trying to work it out. I think the more we would try not to tell them, the more they wanted to know. I think if we had not said anything, they probably wouldn't have even asked. But, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. 
I don't know if you call that method, but <laughs> I guess it. Well, I mean, you know, they kind of, like they're, they're, yeah. it's unfolding in North Adventures. You know, um, I, I, I was in that TIFF, but I, I heard lots of stories about Toronto and, I, you know, also just seeing the some party. of the vi yeah, seeing videos <laughs> from Cannes. And it, it really seems like they became a crew yeah. that you see, that, that they became <laughs> this group, I think it's like 15, right? Yeah. Is that, and, I, and that they're hanging out and they're partying yeah. and they're traveling. And that was something um, that very much developed in the process, I think you got shot for like 58 days, right? Seven, about seven weeks. Seven weeks whatever, yeah. So is that, was that also something part of this was kind of creating a crew and like letting them kind of, kind of naturally become what we see on screen? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know how, you know, we cast, uh, they, they come from pretty much all over. There's a few people that, there's a few from Panama that knew each other a little bit. So they already had a little bit of relationship, maybe a little bit. Um, they weren't friends before, but they met during the casting process, so they knew each other. Um, but then a lot of people were coming in, they don't know anybody. So I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know if that's going to be, you know, they're going to get on or they're not going to get on. Or, but it just was like, I think somebody asked us yesterday, how long did it take for you, you know, all to kind of bond? <laughs> like five seconds, you know, <laughs> ten seconds. They were just, it was just, it, they were so excited as well when they first arrived at the hotel in the motel in Muskogee, it was just so exciting, I think, and, and, and they were just so up for, you know, hanging out. They were, and we stayed in one of those motels where, you know, you drive up to the door and yeah. everyone hangs out outside. So they were, I mean, they were never in their own rooms. I don't think anyone spent hardly any time in the room. They're all in each other's rooms, they're all outside, you know, just, they hit it off. And and integrated himself right into that, right? Yeah, I actually do. I remember the, the day he arrived, and of course, you know, his experience is really different to theirs, so I was wondering how that was going to go. Um, and, and the day he arrived, he drove up himself. Um, he, drove, he did a road trip to, to meet us, and um, he, he arrived a little bit after them, and um, I remember going over there where they were all staying, because they were all staying next to each other. And uh, I went over there and he was in a room with about like, I don't know, five or six of them. And th there were two great things really. One, he just fitted right in. He was just, fit he fitted right in. It didn't, it didn't feel separate from them. He just was, he just felt like part of, part of that gang. There's and not a lot of movie stars. Oh, like, you obviously needed, you needed, you know, this, I mean, having him, I'm sure, helped make this movie. But there's not a lot of names in Hollywood that I think you can necessarily count on. Yeah, you're going to integrate yourself into a seven-week road trip with a bunch of kids from around the world. Yeah. And, and this is my process. Like, that's got to be like a real gift that you were able to... I, I can't think of a lot of people that would have been able to do that. Well, yeah, first of all, I didn't, I didn't um, cast him for any sort of financial reason or to make... I, I cast him because I liked him. I would have easily, if we'd met Jake on, you know, uh, in a state fair in, you know, New Jersey or something, I would have been up for casting. Um, I just happened to, when I met him, I really responded to him and, and felt that he was, he had a lot of qualities that I was looking for for, the, for, for Jake. And um, so I would never make that kind of decision based on, you know. You would have been comfortable with everybody being cast like Sasha and all yeah, kids around the world. Yeah, I would have been, although I think it would have been harder for her mm -hmm. and, and maybe it's not always a good to have absolutely everybody being, because you really are, um, you know, you, I, I would really be having my work cut out if I did that. So, in a, in a lot of ways, he was one of the rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's done it before, so he, you know, he, um, 
he he's able to kind of bring a lot to their experience as well because he's done it before. And I think they also, you know, and absolutely to his credit that did he, you know, I, I was thinking, how's it feel to roll up, you know, and you've got a huge reputation and there's all these very real, you know, very real cast who are genuinely, you know, never done this before and are very real and do not have any bones about being just who they are. And um, he had to, he had to, you know, he had to, he had to, he had to be real too. And I think he, he did that. And I think that was, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your collaboration with uh, your DP, Robbie Ryan, yeah. who I believe shot almost, he shot all your features, right? Yeah, he shot all my features and he shot Wasp, which is a short I did before. Um, it's really beautiful. I imagine it's mostly natural light. And so I guess my question is, how much of what you guys are doing is finding the light, timing, like trying to figure out the right, or is he just a genius and is able to, is to work with what, whatever light you have? I mean, mostly we're using natural light. I mean, yeah. we, we use very little. He's very, um, you know, like we're filming in a car at night and like when we're in Williston, there was like no light and we're filming a scene in the car and he will just, he'll find something, you know, and, and um, we, we, we'll make it look like, the, you know, a little torch or something and he'll use that. There won't be a, you know, he won't have, he won't have brought along a huge amount of equipment that we're suddenly going to be rigging the van and it's, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll improvise and he'll find a way and, and we always we have a we have a kind of tussle between. Uh, I'm always trying to keep it real. He's always wanting to, you know, make it look really good all the time. And sometimes I don't want it to look really good all the time because I need it to look real too. Yeah. And so we'll have we you know I can remember like on Red Road we did together. Um, there's a party scene in a, in in, a, in this kind of uh, tower block called Red Road and. Um, we, we wanted to have have some atmosphere and we wanted it. And Robbie said, what about one of those disco lights, you know, that's I'm like, I was thinking, I said to him, where would they get a disco light from around here? And he said, well, yeah, but you know, they could have got it. And I, I, I said, no, if you can find me a disco light in a shop around here, then maybe you can have a disco. <laughs> but you know, he came back, you know what he did? He came back with coloured light bulbs and actually they were fantastic. So we have those kind of conversations. It's like, I'm keeping it real to the characters. I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, sometimes I put lighting things in the script because I know I think about how it kind of might look, you know. But how much of it is, because there's, it's, it's, a, it's a, like all your movies, there's an amazing landscape that's clearly a huge part of, of what you're after. How much of it is, is sort of the natural light stuff, shooting at a certain time of day is, is kind of waiting for the right light? It's not. Not very much. Sometimes, some, sometimes um, the scene where they, where there's a scene where they kind of, I don't hate to give too much away, but anyway, there's a scene that's kind of romantic. I won't say what it is. I think I, I, the car, this is what I was going to ask yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, we waited for that light. Yeah, we waited for that I wasn't going to accept that you just did. That, was, yeah, that yeah. light had to be perfect. That yeah. was such a beautiful Well, scene. we just arranged the day so that we would, I mean, the thing is, as, as well, we're battling because I'm shooting chronologically. Mm -hmm. So we are? Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm always, I'm always trying to keep that. Um, that, that to me is quite important. So. So that means you can't always wait for the light because we have to do the next scene that comes. So um, occasionally we may have to shoot something out of order, but mostly I'm trying to keep it so that we're going in order. So that, that means that there's not always, you know, I mean, rarely do we wait. But, but Robbie's, whatever <laughs> beautiful light there is, he will find it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he's, he loves his backlight, you know, the, the light behind, he likes putting the, light, you know, the sun behind people and finding all the flares and things, and it's just, He's, it's beautiful. 
And how much of the handheld is a matter of um, just the nature of how you're shooting and how much of that is an artistic decision? I oh, mean, it's, it's, I just can't, I almost get, I get very fidgety if we get a tripod out or mm -hmm. tracks. Occasionally, Robbie will try and say, well, if we're going across this rough ground, maybe we should have, and I'm going, oh, really? But um, that was in Wuthering, where we had some really rough ground. So we did, we did do a couple of things there like that. But, but, um, but, but, but um, mostly it's just, I just love the freedom of not having to restrict the camera's you know, ability to move. I like being able to follow people. I like to give people the freedom to move the way they want to. And that means we have to go with them. And um, if we put the camera on, you know, on apparatus, then it restricts the way you can use it. And then you have to start giving the actors marks or start controlling the way they move. And I, I, I want people to feel free to move the way they want to move. And, and, um, and especially if I'm using non-actors, um, I want them to feel comfortable. So um, I, I and, and handheld can be, you know, it, I've been in some of my films at the beginning when we've done scenes that are running and been right down the front and it makes you feel a bit sick sometimes, you know. So, you know, not, it's not always like, you know, sometimes I think people kind of find it a bit, but, but I just overall just love it. And Robbie will, I mean, he just, I the very first shot I ever did with him was on a, a short video called Wasp. And in my mind, I had this image of, um, this mum coming down the stairs, flights the stairs with her baby, you know, with her kids. And she's got a baby under her arm and she's, run she's running and she's angry, right? So she's flying down the stairs with all the kids running behind her. And in my mind, we're on her face. Okay, this is, I'm thinking this. And then I got Robbie, first shot we ever do together. And he says, oh, okay, so what, what are we going to do? And I go, oh, well, uh, we're on her face. She's running down the stairs. She's really angry. And as I'm explaining it to him, I realise that that actually means he has to run backwards <laughs> down the stairs. And he didn't flinch. He just did it. He didn't even flinch. He just, he ran backwards down the stairs with a film camera. I've seen him with a 35 millimeter film camera just running on the edge of rocks. I mean, he is, he, he, he makes every camera, no matter how heavy it is, seem light. Mm -hmm. um, he's so physical and so, and he's so in tune with the people in front of the camera. He has this kind of respect with their sort of physicality that is, he doesn't, he's never looking down on anyone or it's always on the level, you know, and I'm always, I, I'm always, I'm quite keen to shoot on the same, so like if I shoot, eye level, so yes, eye level, yeah. so you're never looking down or, um, things like that are really important to me and he's, he, he does those kind of things naturally. Um, the movie's got a lot of the scenes in the 15 past van, the traveling, yeah. um, you spend a lot of time in that van, Did, was that simply just you guys in the van? Yeah. You didn't have any special rig or something? Because no. that has to be, that has to be very restrictive, right? Like, I mean, I, I didn't feel that watching the movie. So I'm how, did, how did that end up working? Because you, normally you can tell with an indie movie, okay, they're, the camera person's in the car. This yeah. isn't like some kind of special rig. No, no, no rigs, just us. It was me, uh, Robbie and Rash in the back. We made, we, we made a little space because there wasn't very much space. We had to move the chair a little bit to give us a bit more room. Um, and we spent a lot of time back there, but um, we, Robbie was able to move a few seats in sometimes, which I think gives it a, f a different kind of, you know, we, we're always with Star, so um, if she was sitting at the front, then we would, Robbie would move down the front with her. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't all able to do that. I, I would have a monitor at the back and I'd be yelling, because I mean, with all that music playing and everyone talking, 
It was very hard directing in that van because no, no one could hear me most of the time and I couldn't hear them. It was, just, it was, it was slow going. So for those scenes, the kids are listening to music, they're hanging out, yeah. they're, they're often partying. And you, I mean, you hold these scenes for a while. We really listen to these songs and do, and do sing-alongs with them. Is this something that you planned ahead of, like did you have to plan all those songs and all those beats ahead of time and get the rights ahead of time for? Yeah, we got all the rights as we went along. I mean, I, I, there were a lot of songs written into the script. Yeah. Not all the ones that ended up in the film, but quite, quite a lot. And then, and then as we were traveling and, and all the crew were playing music, they, there were things that I discovered that they loved. I asked them what they loved as well. And they would, anyway, they would be playing it. Didn't, I didn't really need to ask them, but they would. But, I, but I'm always trying to figure out, like, a song has got to work not just in truth for the scene, mm -hmm. for me, but also as a, an emotional, it's got to be like a score. It's mm -hmm. got to add something in terms of its. So I'm always trying to find the balance. So, so if I was trying to find a song Say, for example, when they take off from Muskogee and Star's leaving her hometown and she's leaving it behind and here's this new gang on the bus. And I wanted something that felt really exciting right at that moment to make it feel like, yeah, this is, I'm off on this adventure. Yeah. And so I, I would ask them kind of for some... some the, the actors, the kids. Yeah, yeah, because they play, you know, a lot of rap and yeah. that anyway. And I would ask them what they were, you know, give me... what, what And I, then I would go back and play um, play them and, and find something that I felt like did, did the job of being truthful to them in that moment and also emotionally working for the story. And something you get the rights for, right? Well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had an amazing music team who were constantly having me go, could you, E40, do you, what do you think? Big Sean, you know, <laughs> and constantly. That, and, well, that, and, because we, we need to wrap up. Uh, Rihanna, the, the, yeah. that's not a cheap song to get. No, you? And, it, and it's great that we got it, actually. I'm a huge Rihanna fan, so um, I, that was written in the script at the beginning. Um, and I uh, asked... Uh, I wrote, wrote her a letter and said, Dear Rihanna, please, can we? This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what the story is. Did she write about. back? She, did, she didn't write back to me, but we got, I, you know, the next day I knew we. So I don't know whether my letter made any difference. I don't even know if she read it, actually. Yeah. But, but, um, but, but we got it, and I was very happy because, yeah, it sums up a t moment in time, that song. I think for everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andrea Arnold, thank you so much. It's such a beautiful movie. Thank you for taking the thank time. Thank you, thank you.